Coming up on Stew Does America, sure, Joe Biden was elected president, but nobody believes he has the mental faculties to actually run the country, right? So who does? I mean, who does have those faculties? We'll get with uh, Glenn Beck to talk about his brand new special, The Biden Oligarchs Secretly Running America. And the Blazes' Rob Eno joins us to talk about how absolutely pathetic the media has become. You can catch all of our episodes completely free on YouTube, podcast, and more. Just head to stewdoesamerica.com for all the links. And give us a review on iTunes. Five stars, by the way, is the appropriate number of stars. Plus, help us take a stand against conservative censorship with a Blaze TV account. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 30 bucks for a limited time. When I think about good stock trades right now, I can't say that GameStop would normally be at the top of my list, but who knows? 2021 is just 2020, the sequel. So let's get trading and do GameStop. Stu does America. Let me admit something about myself. I love stories about a person who looks at some big daunting system and figures out a way to beat it. You know, it's basically like Star Wars, right? Luke says, hey, that Death Star thing, that looks pretty scary and complicated. Looks tough to beat. But thankfully, they left this long missile-sized shaft that leads right to the central exploding zone. I'm a total sucker for those stories. Like the guy in the 1980s who spent months watching and pausing VHS recordings of the TV game show Press Your Luck, eventually figuring out that all of the patterns on the board kept repeating themselves. He somehow became a contestant and kept winning and winning and winning and winning because he knew what was coming. He won so much that time ran out and they had to break it into multiple episodes. In the end, Michael Larson won over $110,000 in 1984, well over a quarter of a million dollars in today's money. Or when some students and a professor at MIT figured out a way to win at blackjack and traveled to Vegas as a team to win millions and millions of dollars. Their story was told in the book Bringing Down the House by Ben Mesrick, later turned into the movie 21. In fact, there are a lot of uh, books by Ben Mesrick uh, where he tells the story. He's the best at telling this kind of story. Uh, Straight Flush is about a group of college students and the rise of multi-million dollar online poker sites. Ugly Americans is about how a young American trader raided the Asian markets for millions of dollars. Uh, the Accidental Billionaires uh, about the creation of Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg and the Winklevoss twins later made into the movie The Social Network. And then the book recently that came out, Bitcoin Billionaires, was also about the Winklevoss twins, their follow-up venture into Bitcoin that made them billionaires all over again. I love these stories. I love this stuff. It's those stories for some random person finding a market inefficiency or a little hole in the rules that they can turn into a fortune. That's the best. That brings us to GameStop. As you may know, GameStop is a basically a brick-and-mortar retailer of physical video games, often located inside of malls, operating in the year 2021, a year where most video games are just downloaded or streamed, and a year where half of the malls are closed because of this pandemic thing we've got going on. I will say, I have a nine-year-old son, so I'm at GameStop 14 times a week. But the overall picture is not exactly what Wall Street would think of as a promising business model, even though it's a good Texas company with good Texas people. Because of the way the market has changed, the stock had been stalled at about two to four bucks a share from mid-2019 to mid-2020. 
Also because of this, a lot of big hedge funds had been shorting the stock for a long time. They're basically betting the stock would go down, which seemed like a pretty decent bet. You've probably seen that it wasn't such a decent bet. And now multi-billion dollar hedge funds are on the brink of bankruptcy because of it. Let me walk you through the story. There's a subreddit called Wall Street Bets that has made news from time to time over the years, basically because people were betting big money on highly volatile things like penny stocks. And then, you know, they document all the crazy highs and lows associated with it. These guys talk about their crazy bets out in the open all the time. And they're just sort of like intentionally jerks about it. Like it's basically if Twitter trolls ran CNBC. But some of these guys are really smart. They were pissed off that these big hedge funds were betting against GameStop, and they figured out a way to screw with the hedge funds and get very rich in the process. They found out a couple of things that were unique to GameStop. It didn't have a lot of shares available. The price of each share was pretty low. And these hedge funds had bet against the stock so much that if this price started going up for GameStop, the funds that were trying to bet against it were totally screwed and things were going to spiral out of control. Obviously, if a bunch of message board people all start buying the same stock at the same time, it might go up a little bit. And as long as they're just posting about it in public and not coordinating in some illegal way, that's totally fine. But it starts spiraling out of control because of the short selling of the hedge funds. Let me explain short selling here with Super Bowl tickets. Let's say you didn't have any Super Bowl tickets. Now, this is really hard and foreign for me because I, of course, do have Super Bowl tickets. But let me try to understand this strange and distant world that you exist in for just a moment. Let's say you have... I love doing that to people. Let's just say you have zero Super Bowl tickets. But you place an ad anyway that says, I have 10 Super Bowl tickets and I will sell them to you for $10,000 a piece. And then you sell the tickets and tell everyone you'll bring the tickets to their house in a couple of days. Well, why would you do that? Well, you're betting that you can buy 10 Super Bowl tickets from somebody else for $5,000 in between. Then you'd take those tickets you bought for $5,000 and then sell them to the first group of people for $10,000 a piece. Nice little profit there, right? Nice and easy. That's more or less what's going on with these hedge funds and GameStop. The problem is, when you go to buy the 10 Super Bowl tickets you thought you were going to buy for $5,000, they weren't available for that price. Instead there was only one available for $15,000. So you panic and you buy that one for $15,000, way more than you paid for it. Well, now everyone else is doing the same thing. They're looking to buy tickets fast because they're getting so high. And that makes tickets go to 20,000 and then 25,000 and on and on and on it goes. Every time you have to buy a ticket to cover your ass from the initial sale, you are causing the price to go higher. With stocks, they call it a short squeeze and it can make prices go up and out of control. And that's what happened with GameStop's stock. It jumped from four bucks a share to about 18 bucks a share at the beginning of the year. And then it doubled in the next three weeks to about $40 a share. Then it doubled again in the next four days. Then it doubled again in the next two days. And then it doubled again today. GameStop, this old school video game company, has gone from four bucks a share to 350 bucks a share, which most of those gains happening in the past couple of weeks. And some of the original investors on the subreddit Wall Street Bets have become multimillionaires because of it. Yesterday, it was reported that the guy who originated this strategy threw 50,000 bucks into it, his entire life savings. 
it was up to $15 million, and that was before the stock doubled today. As I said, I love stories like this, but a lot of it depends on how you look at it. You can cheer this on because it feels like an exercise in pure capitalism. It's an underdog story. It's a story of people outsmarting the system and making millions within the rules. What's better than that? What's interesting, though, is that there is a real tinge of leftist revenge involved in this as well. A lot of the chatter is about how they just want to punish those evil rich people. Income inequality, after all. In some ways, it seems to be less about making money for some of these guys than it is for taking money away from the billionaires that they don't like. And here's the larger problem and how it affects you. Billionaires really don't like having their hedge funds blow up in their faces. Billionaires have lots of powerful connections and friends. And Democrats are in power. They tend to like to use their power to help their rich friends and not to mention make dramatic statements against capitalism. I can't imagine they're just going to let all of this happen. Just so far today, this crappy White House and their underrated press secretary, Jen Psaki, said that they are monitoring the situation around GameStop. Hmm. A state securities regulator from Massachusetts says the stock should be halted for 30 days. And individual trading platforms, including reportedly Robinhood itself, has stopped allowing some trades of GameStop. It's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. And if instead of an eye, it's $3 billion, it gets even uglier. I fully expect the Biden administration to use examples like this to explain how, quote unquote, unfettered capitalism is ruining lives. After all, it's easy to cheer against a hedge fund billionaire, but pensions and retirement accounts are in hedge funds, too. When that teacher or firefighter gets pulled on TV after their entire life savings is wiped out because some guy on Reddit thought it would be funny... It's going to be hard to push back against a slew of new regulations, regulations Biden and Janet Yellen want already. Never let a crisis go to waste. This is that phrase in action. Sure, it feels really good now, and I love watching the stories. I love watching those account balances go crazy. But a snapback is coming from this, and I don't know if it's going to be good for anyone, except maybe me, because I might get an awesome new Ben Mesrick book out of it. I went on Twitter to formally request a Ben Mesrick book about GameStop. And wouldn't you know, that request was liked by the one and only Ben Mesrick. Sure, capitalism might ultimately be destroyed, but at least we'll get a great book out of it. Wouldn't it be great if you were trying to sell your home? And someone on like the subreddit Wall Street Bets started talking about how your home should be worth more. And then they just started bidding it up. And then you got out of control price war. And then you made like millions and millions of dollars. Never seems to happen to us, does it? Darn it. Well, realestateagentsitrust.com might be able to ha- have it happen to you. I doubt it's going to be that dramatic. I doubt it's going to overturn capitalism as we know it. But I will say they can get you the best price for your home. And you know what? You deserve that. You deserve the best price for your home. Because, look, you put your hard work into it. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into your home over the years. You've improved it. You've had great memories there. And now, if you want to sell it, you should be getting the maximum amount for that home. And you can only do that if you have a real estate agent who knows the market, who knows how to get uh, those few extra bucks. 
out of your home, who's not trying to just dump it for uh, to get rid of it and get it onto the next one. You want someone who cares about your particular situation. That's why Glenn Beck created realestateagentsitrust.com, and it's why they go through and sort through real estate agents and make sure only the best ones get through. Realestateagentsitrust.com, whether you're buying or selling a home, get the best price either way at realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm joined now by the man, the myth, the legend, Glenn Beck. His newest special airs tonight immediately after this show on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's the Biden oligarchs secretly running America. Glenn, thanks for coming on the program. Tonight's show is really, I urge you to watch it, uh, Stu. <laughs> just, is this why you came on, just to tell yeah, me to watch Yeah, just to tell show? you, you yeah. need to watch it. Seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that, you know, we've investigated a lot of stuff together. Sure. Um, This is truly getting frightening because I've always talked about what was over the horizon. It's here now. And uh, I mean, it's um, the 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 walls are closing in on freedom and what they have put together. For instance, today, we didn't even get to it in the show tonight. um, The. The Department of Homeland Security is now uh, doing surveillance on persons of interest that are, uh, you know, might have a problem with border, you know, security and have been upset about, you know, illegal aliens. Uh, they've had problems with uh, the government getting better and bigger and spending too much money. Uh, they might have had a problem with the last election. I mean, they're describing conservatives and they're now being targeted as a security risk uh, by the Department of Homeland Security. What we expose tonight is the people that are around Joe Biden. And this has everything to do with what we talked about with the Great Reset this morning. You know, we had um, a tweet, a a tweet thread, Mm -hmm. a Twitter thread done by the guy who is Klaus Schwab's, you know, partner in the Great Reset. Yeah, they're over in Davos. Uh, John Kerry spoke there today. What he said was amazing. All these world leaders are there, the biggest executives from there in Davos. And it's all focused on the World Economic Forum. And they take the time to do a Twitter thread to me about saying that this is an oligarchy that doesn't make any sense unless they know we've been effective with, with Agenda 20. 21. Mm-hmm. We were uh, effective with the uh, Obama administration, according to Obama himself in his own words, which has just come out here in the last about six months. Um, we have been involved in exposing them. This is well laid plans, very well laid plans. And every day executive orders go in and they are executing this plan. And quite honestly, if it wasn't for the blaze, I would be telling you right now, we will not be able to continue our show in three months. But because we're privately owned and hopefully, uh, you know, we, we will have some protection to be able to have freedom of speech uh, will last longer than that. But if we were still on Fox, 
we would not be doing a show in three months. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee it. And, you know, we have obviously systems and backups to those systems to do what we can to try to avoid as much as things, we can as much as we can. Um, when you have the when you have the head of MasterCard coming out yesterday in Davos saying we don't have to do business with everybody. When the banking system is saying you're either on board. I, I mean, I think of this now every I, I think about this all day today. It's gone through my head. George Soros is number two guy 12 years ago, 10 years ago, telling Joel Cheatwood, my guy, you got to tell your boss you're either on the ship or you're not. But the ship is sailing. This is the ship they were building. And you're either on it or you're not. And we are not on it. And I recommend you don't get on it either. You know, I, I, I think about going back to like Ronald Reagan, right? Saying freedom is, is always a gener- you know, generation away. Yeah. Generation from, you're always a generation away from losing freedom, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't fight for it, mm-hmm. you will lose it. That's been the natural state of things throughout humanity, right? Mm-hmm. The loss of freedom. This is, an, this is like the special time. This is the good time to be alive, in the good place to be alive. Um, but in some ways, I've always kind of, it, I know that that's true, but it also feels in a way sort of academic, right? Like there's the, you have to, of course, fight for freedom or you'll lose it. Is the, are we this close to actually losing oh, yeah, I think, I think freedom we, in a real way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be surprised if it, if it wasn't gone, if we weren't sealed, our fate was sealed by the midterm election. I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen by then. You wouldn't surprise me if it was done by in, in three months from now. Um, there's just too many things out there that can happen that will make this accelerate. Somebody does something stupid. I mean, why won't the FBI tell us what they are stationing the 5,000 troops in Washington until the middle of March. Why? They say that there's an investigation going on. They're afraid something in regards to freedom of speech. Some activists have some bad things planned for Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Shouldn't we all be aware of that? Shouldn't we yeah. know about that? Once you know about it, you're, you're much more likely to shut it down. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Like that's what happened, you know, arguably on the 17th and the 20th of January, where there's these supposed attacks coming or supposed rallies coming and no one really showed up because people made a big deal about it and knew there was no chance of success, even if you wanted to try something crazy. So here's the problem. People can't fight for freedom because I don't think they really even know what it is. They don't know what's going on right now we've been talking about a marxist takeover and we've been on that for how long Mm -hmm. i think we've been played just as much as the marxists have been played you know i've told you that these these revolutionaries they're useful idiots Mm -hmm. we've been focused there we haven't been focused like we were at the beginning with the tides foundation the real power the real money The capitalist corporations that are in bed at a global level with government that have come up with this stakeholder capitalism. That's the real threat. It's not communism. It's an oligarchy. You go into the stakeholder capitalism thing tonight, right? Kind of go. Yeah, a little bit. Can you explain? Can you give a one on one a little? So people. So you have you have state capitalism and this is from the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have state capitalism where the state 
um, tells the corporations exactly what to do. Yeah. People call China a state capitalist, even though obviously they have a communist party, but they have elements of the state capitalism. State capitalism. That model. So you have you have capitalists, but it's really regulated and run by the state. You do what the state says or they'll shut you down. Yep. Okay. Um, And they probably won't do business with Huawei. Right. Yes, like, exactly right. Yeah. Because it is an arm of the Communist Party. Um, then you have capitalism. OK, capitalism done right is supposed to mirror the ethics of the people and give the people what they desire. That leads, if the people go bad, into crony capitalism, where the the capitalists just pay off all of the elected mm-hmm. officials. And there's this bogus war. Well, that doesn't work. State capital doesn't work. And that's where the World Economic Forum has been now planting the seeds for a decade. Well, actually, since 1972, but really pushing it for the last decade. What's called stakeholder capitalism. Shareholder capitalism is I buy in to the company. I buy a bond. I buy a stock. Stakeholder is we're all stakeholders in in Unilever and we're all stakeholders in GE because if they do well, we do well. Okay. But that requires them to give back more to the people. And they do that through taxes and through philanthropy, through the government as directed by the government. So the government is our is our shareholder meeting is every two or four years when we go to the ballot box. And then our people represent us, the Congress represents us when they go and put all of these policies in for these companies to follow. This is the, this is the biggest th- uh, um, a theft of wealth and the biggest enslavement in all of global history. It is the very, very wealthy, the billions and billionaires, okay, with the greatest powers on earth saying, okay, how do we run this for fairness, for justice, for social justice, to make sure that the wealth is distributed evenly all around the globe? We've been looking at this, and this is a socialist movement. No, it's not. No, it's not. The socialists have been played as well. Socialists don't want big businesses. They want to own big businesses. This is the merging of this is Blade Runner. (laughs) The corporation Mm. becomes the state and the state becomes the corporation. That's terrifying. But why would these corporations want this? Why would a MasterCard want to be a company in uh, you know, a Unilever, want to be a company in the system. They, they can't th- because it hurts they them, know, doesn't it? Because they know the government is moved. The governments of the world are moving towards global warming, social justice, anti-hate speech, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, all the stuff, critical race theory. All of that is the framework. And they know the governments, not just America, the globe is moving towards that framework. OK, mm-hmm. so you either play ball or you don't. Why would somebody want why would Facebook want to do business and help China round up Uyghurs? Why? Money, power, influence you want in that market. The Great Reset is all about and I'll show you tonight. 
BlackRock is a terrifying company, terrifying. They they are already saying they control seven trillion dollars or eight trillion dollars of investments. They're saying right now, as the Obama administration just signed a new executive order today with Mao, the office of Made in America, it's Made in America office, mm -hmm. acronym Mao. <laughs> um, but they have said, you have to be unionized. If the government's going to spend money with you, you have to be on the bandwagon with social justice. You have to be on the bandwagon with climate change. You have to be on the bandwagon with unions. It seems like they're just forcing this stuff through under they're trying like uh, capitalism is conceptually, I think, so successful that they can't just say that they're coming up with this totally new system or going towards what sounds like corporatism or almost fascism in some ways. It is. Um, they can't say they're going towards that. That has a bad no. brand name. You so stakeholder say, capitalism is just a rework of that with a social justice sort of. It flair. allows them to say we all have a stake and we all have a voice. But as we went over on radio today, your voice, my voice, the voice of the average person, the truck driver, your voice is only heard through your congressman. Yeah. And I mean, when's the last time anyone in America except the congressman actually felt they were doing your bidding? They're no, going yeah, in they and they're operating on totally different rules and they're getting rich. Yeah. And how long have they been saying that, too? They've been saying, you know, people always say the government's the enemy. The government is just the people. It's just yeah. represented by the people. They've been trying to make that tie for the past few years so, noticeably. And that plays right into this. When people say you're going to get the you're going to get the people who are disenfranchised with capitalism, because honestly, I can make a case. Capitalism, as it's done here in America right now, has all sorts of problems. Horrible, yeah. horrible, because it's crony capitalism. Capitalism. This is that on steroids. But you're going to get the capitalist, you know, that, that are sick of crony capitalism. Um, you're going to get the anti-capitalist because they'll think, yeah, capitalism is bad. And they'll hear that we'll all have a stake and they'll think, yeah, so we're going to get all the benefits because those companies are going to have to do certain things in their own communities. So they're going to be forced by the government to do certain things. I think this is the road um, that leads right to everybody gets a stipend. You don't have to work. Don't worry about it. You get $2,000 check for everybody. Mm. This is basic minimum income. This is the framework where all of that will happen. And, you know, good luck. Good luck. And really, at this point, there's the only people who can help us are the people at the world's largest company, GameStop. Uh, so as long as GameStop comes through to bail us out of this, we should be fine. I don't know if you get into that at all. On I don't. Okay. Can I get can I say one more thing before we get into GameStop? Because I have a theory on yeah. GameStop, too. Um, the only thing you can do, you cannot stop it at an international or national level. It must be stopped at your local level. You have to do everything you can mm -hmm. in your local state and your local city. Now... You do have a theory on GameStop? GameStop. Okay. I do. What do you have? I do. Well, explain it quickly. I mean, well, well you yes, just we did. just did you with the monologue. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's here's my theory. As I'm listening to the monologue, I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this movie before, and I know how it ends. You don't take billions of dollars from people. Um, I'm sure you know the story of the uh, the terrorist that took a hundred million dollars from third world dictators, and he was investing that in the stock market. He was shorting one of the big airlines mm -hmm. because he was going to blow up 
uh, one of their new jetliners, okay, on the day, and it would just destroy the company. Right. Well, as it turns out, a British secret agent happened to find out about it, stopped the guy at the airport. He lost on the short, and then it was, I mean, that, that Secret Service agent, that British MI6 agent, if he wasn't a double O, I mean, I don't think he would have survived. That's this when is... Spectre came in. No. I mean, you. I mean, if it happens to you, if you buy the stocks or you're involved in having those people lose their money, yeah. you do get to bed really beautiful women. Well, that, is it worth it? Is it worth is it? Is it worth it? That's the trade-off. M's calling, um, you're shot on a train, you fall off a bridge, and they think you're dead for a while. I'm not sure this is adding to the credibility of you your special tonight, but... scorpion uh, that you have right here, and you're trying to drink the... With the scorpion not stinging you, it's it's a tough life. If this you... is Casino Royale. Is, is I think they made a documentary of this called Casino Royale. They may have. Yeah, they may, may have. have. I okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> Tonight, a little bit more fact-based uh, stuff <laughs> on Glenn Special. Are you saying <laughs> Ian Fleming is not fact-based? No, he definitely is. He definitely is. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, right after this program. Uh, coincidentally, it is Glenn Beck's new special. It's it is called Biden Oligarchs Secretly Running America. Glenn? Actually, not a coincidence. We planned it that way. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Your show follows, or I follow your show. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it going back years and years and years. Uh, you can always watch, by the way. Uh, we're back to back every Wednesday night. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. You'll save 30 bucks uh, on the promo code. Glenn, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. Back in a second. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's been kind of a miserable last 12 months or so. Uh, not so fun. Uh, some of the entertainment's been okay, but a lot of it's been delayed till much later on. Uh, one of the shows that has probably been one of the most uh, popular shows among this audience is Last Man Standing uh, with Tim Allen. Because, you know, look, it's one of the only places you could find something funny for conservatives, where they would actually laugh about things that could be considered conservative. And when it got canceled, it was a big deal with the audience. They're pissed off about it. I mean, sure, you can find some comedy, uh, you know, on The Blades. You can find it some uh, some other places. But when you're talking about major networks, that was really the only place you could find it. People seem to love Tim Allen in our audience. Uh, and uh, I was pretty excited when I saw this promo. It's a new show starring Tim Allen and someone else you might uh, recognize. On February 23rd, America's favorite craftsman returns. Translation, I'm back in the shop. Tim Allen and Richard Karn reunite for the History Channel's newest competition series. We still got it, man. At least I do. You got something. The History Channel original series, Assembly Required. Ah, yeah, it's uh, it's the whole home improvement thing, getting back together for a reality show uh, competition, actually building things. I have no idea if Tim Allen can actually build things. I think he can, if I remember right. I think he actually is uh, relatively talented at such things. We'll see that. That's coming up uh, here in a few weeks. Back in a second. Joined now by the Blaze's resident media critic and the man responsible for the Nancy Pelosi sucks pen you're probably holding right now. Uh, Rob Eno is on the program. Rob, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. I just want to give an update. Yeah. Beginning of March, people can buy the pens again. Really? We were, so, we were sold out in the country. <laughs> Couldn't get the pens. We missed a window. We got a window at the end of February. 
should have them at the beginning of March. This so is very exciting. It. Yeah, so <laughs> there'll be more pens, thousands of more pens. <laughs> These are in demand, especially because they seem to impeach the president every couple of weeks now. They're probably going to continue to do, to impeach President Trump for a while. Yeah, they'll find something. They'll find something. They'll I mean, the, the, the newest thing, right, is that he's been a Russian compromat for his entire life. Or yes. Something like that. That's the new book. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, let's start here with the media in general. You're watching this transition, and I'm fascinated by it because we've seen the media for four years be basically an, an adversary of the president and in a, in a really aggressive way, constantly. Even if he's doing something that's pretty good, they say it's terrible. When he's doing something that is kind of bad, they really say it's terrible, right? Um, Biden comes in. That's all washed away. I mean, they get questions, right? Like yesterday, Jen Psaki gets a question um, about the oil jobs that are going to lose, like, do you know that we have the first female secretary of the Treasury ever? <laughs> Is that what? I mean, th- that's the sort of thing. It's just it's absolutely insane. Brian Stelter, actually, um, our, our friend, the resident media cheerleader mm-hmm. over at uh, CNN, not really a critic, had in his newsletter yesterday um, a little bit from somebody that's like, you know, Biden's going to lie, too. But, you know, all presidents lie. And it's just the severity of Trump's lies. Right. That were bad. Yeah. Though he was uh, this outlier, outlier character, they're yeah, trying to say. The, the severity of it, because he said that, you know, there were thousands of fake votes in 2016. Well, I mean, do we know how many immigrants that aren't citizens voted? I mean, there's people that did some stuff and there were a lot. And do we know how many people, I mean, people were convicted of going to New Hampshire after they voted in Massachusetts to vote in New Hampshire. There were a few people. How many people do we know were that? He might have won New Hampshire in 2016. But to even think of those questions is out of the ordinary. I mean, the Stelter thing was interesting. We, we talked about it a little bit. The uh, the lower third that he put up there that said how refreshing Jen Psaki is. Now, I mean, I find Jen Psaki to be quite refreshing. But generally speaking, that's not what a media person is supposed to do. If you are a journalist and you're someone who's looking at journalists and saying, here's good journalism, here's bad journalism, to put yourself out as a person saying the press secretary of a, of a party's administration is refreshing I mean, this is way over the line, isn't it? I mean, but Brian Stelter's the guy that has Dan Rather on all the time to talk about media ethics. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, yeah. right? But no, there, there's been a marked tone change. I mean, it's, there's a ton of impeachment or in inaugural miracles now, right? Because, and the media is like making it seem like, you know, all these places are opening up now. Yeah. They, they have, and it, you know why they're opening up? It's because cases have gone down. And, and deaths have gone down. January is the most deadly month of the COVID crisis. Yes. Like, they're lying to you right. when they say that cases are going down right. well, and but, we yeah. can open up now. Right, because again, right, like they've, gone, they've come down slightly from the worst peak of the pandemic, right? Like, but like, that, they weren't opening things up at this point at any of the other peaks of the pandemic. No, like all summer, right? They were shut down in California and you couldn't do things. They were threatening to put pastors in jail for holding... You know, for holding church services. But now all of a sudden, Joe Biden's president, the waters have stopped rising and COVID has been cured. It it seems it's interesting. I've seen I've seen two things from the right on this one. The second Joe Biden's president, they're just going to open everything up and COVID's going to go away. And two, 
they're going to make us wear masks forever and we're going to be in lockdown forever because they want control. I, which one is it? I mean, I, sometimes I see aspects of both of these things happening at times. Uh, yeah, you do. It's like it's like really Can't weird. Like, both, they're, though, talking, right? they're talking about you need a COVID test before you fly domestically. Yeah. And they might like put interstate like the feds might put interstate checkpoints <laughs> as you drive from one state to another. To yeah. che- like they're starting to do some weird things. But then also all these states are opening. You know, you saw Laurie Lightfoot right before the inauguration. Yeah. She was like, you know, well, the problem is, you see, we shut everything down. And everybody's just going and having like parties in their house. Yeah. So we got to open it up because they're having parties in their house anyways. But this is something we were saying the whole time. Oh, I know. Like when they were shutting down the hairdressing salons, when all that was going on in Dallas, I remember, uh, I can't remember her name now, but we had her on the show before and she's very nice here in Dallas and she was the one fighting with the government to stay open and everything. And see, Luther. Uh, that's, that's right. That's right. And she, her among with, uh, other, along with other um, uh, people who were doing, you know, hair hairdressers and stuff were saying people are going to get their hair cut. And what they're doing is my hairdressers that work here are now just going to people's houses in places that we can't monitor and make clean. We don't have barbicide. We don't have have any any of that. that, Right. They're just doing it on their own and they're all getting covid. Right. Like this would be better. This is a good argument the entire time, especially outdoors. But yet it was the left who was pushing back against that until like yesterday. Yeah. Like this week. It's like so, so today. I don't know if you heard, but um, the Hackensack Medical Center has a study. And would you believe it or not? Hydro- hydroxychloroquine seems to work with COVID in mild cases. Really? And like all of a <laughs> sudden. Hydroxychloroquine is a freaking. Oh, but but, it's, but, it's but what they said coaster. is we can't recommend that you prescribe it. Okay. But in a study setting, it seems to work. So they like like it's like this weird. But all of a sudden, you know, you said any of it. No, you know, Donald Trump wanted you to inject bleach in yourself. And all that kind of stuff. Joe Biden kills 11,000 jobs. Joe Biden Mm -hmm. kills basically Joe Biden's energy things that he and Kerry did today. Yeah. You know, and Kerry said something like, well, we just got to bite the bullet at some point in time or something like that. You know, it's just got to happen. Yeah. We got to we got to pay the piper sometime. Whatever he said. Right. right? Mm -hmm. The state of New Mexico, just a little west of us here in in Texas, 40 percent of their budget is based on oil and gas revenues. They're all going, what, what's going on? It's like, so you didn't believe, as Steve Day said on Overtime on his show today, like, so you didn't believe like the nine times that Donald mm-hmm. Trump got Joe Biden to say he was going to kill the oil and gas industry yeah. during the debate? You just didn't believe that. You thought it was like a Bidenism. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I think there was never any critical thinking about anything Joe Biden said. Because, and I made this case before the election. We talked about it back then. If this was not an election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, it was Donald Trump versus I don't like Donald Trump. Right. Like there was Biden was not even a factor. We're now like it feels like people are waking up. Even people who voted for Joe Biden are waking up and saying, wait a minute, this I just didn't want that guy tweeting all the time. Now, what is this like? You're going to take you're going to destroy the economy. You're going to do all this damage. I think a lot of people are waking up to the bad decision they may have made. But boring is refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) Boring is refreshing. It is. It's another thing the media tells you. Mm -hmm. It's so refreshing to have more media. You know, it's it's so nice to have her out. You know, every day and you can ask her questions like, what are you going to name the, the first dog? Um, yeah. What color the well, carpet's going to be? Here's Joe Biden's love for ice cream and what it means. Right. You know, all these things are so it's it's so gushing, you know, and, and, and that. So let me let me back up here for a minute. We were talking about with uh, with Brian Stelter and, and CNN, and they're just one of the people doing this right now. There's lots of people uh, in left leaning publications that are doing this. There seems to be not only uh, the ongoing effort to get conservatives thrown off from social media channels, YouTube and all the all the rest, but now really going after uh, OAN, 
um, uh, Newsmax, even Fox News online. They're going after actual like cable channels and trying to pressure you know, the Comcasts of the world to get rid of them. I mean, this is a real threat to the, the, the life of conservatives. Because, because you see, they're fringe. Oliver Darcy, who works with Brian Stelter, um, in Brian Stelter's email yesterday, I hate to bring it back to Brian Stelter, but he was he got into an argument and he was all upset that the Daily Wire or the Daily Caller and the Daily Wire, one of those two, mm-hmm. actually, no, it was National Review. It was Rich Lowry in National Review, not the most, you know, no, out of the box, sure. like, like center of the road conservative publication, was like, what are you people doing? And he was flabbergasted that the National Review would stand up for such a rabid right wing propaganda outlet like OAN. Like it's we only want to take those guys away. Well, Oliver, you know, you only want to take those guys away. And then all of a sudden we're going to get, you know, a little bit further to the left. Yeah. And a little bit further to the left and a little bit further to the left. And then anybody that's not 100 percent woke at all. I mean, Jake Tapper likes the troops. Is that a woke thing to do? Nope. He's going to be canceled. It, it, it is the slippery slope, and it's scary. And my liberal friends don't want to understand what's going on. People don't want to understand. It's not just the people that stormed the Capitol like idiots that are getting canceled. Yeah. They're trying to cancel everybody. And, there, and, and first of all, this is one of the reasons you don't storm the Capitol, because right. your movement gets attacked because of it. There's many other reasons you don't do that, of course. Um, but... Where does this end? Like, I mean, sometimes with the left, they have these big events, right? A big opportunity. I could never let a crisis go to waste. They have this crisis. They grab a bunch of power and then it calms down for a while. And we have maybe a lull in that type of activity. Do we have a lull coming up or are they just going to keep grabbing at least? I think they're going to try and keep grabbing. But I think that you'll see people fight back. And I think it'll be kind of like what's happening with GameStop now. Mm -hmm. Maybe Facebook's going to get a little Reddit bomb and their stock's going to tank instead of going up. Because people are going to do that. There will be ways that people can go at it. I'm, I'm kind of, quite frankly, like, where's Peter Thiel? Peter Thiel's on the board of Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's, probably got, he's probably the one that got Facebook to do that review of taking away Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be market forces that are going to push. And these companies want to make money at the end of the day. And if they see a large portion of their monetary profit go away they're going to have to back off but they're gonna remember the left are people like diane feinstein who has forever wanted journalists to be credentialed by the government Mm. so that only the people that were credentialed by the government could be journalists and get protections from the government for their journalistic work i mean that's what these folks want to do they they want like if you're going to be news they want you to be like an approved news source (laughs) of course that's by the government i mean it's And, and, and a, these, these left wing, they all think that they're in some sort of profession that's a high priest profession that they need to have all sorts of, you know, all, all sorts of degrees and everything to do it. Mm-hmm. When all it takes is somebody with a little bit of hard work. I mean, I broke a story in, in Massachusetts. There was a guy that Deval Patrick, when he was governor, mm-hmm. um, hired this guy to run the gambling commission that was under investigation <laughs> for pederasty. For like molesting like a 16 year old boy in a right. So I was the guy that got all of the documents from the Gaming Commission and was able to publish it before anybody else in the news in Boston did. 
Am I was I a journalist right. or they, was I just they want to take credit for that. They want to make right. their nice movie later on that glorifies their takedown of bad people. They don't want other people doing it. Right. They don't want people uh, who are just looking for truth to do it. Uh, it's a scary time. Uh, and uh, I, I will say that's why I think the blaze is important right now. And I know the work you're doing, watching the media every day. Uh, and of course, your subscription to Blaze TV is a big part of that as well. We can't do it without you. And I will say we've seen a lot of growth here. People are coming to watch to the blaze uh, more than 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 ever before. Because I think people see the writing on the wall that this stuff could go away at any moment. Rob Eno, media critic for The Blaze. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the program, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Save 30 bucks right now. Back in a second. We all know that Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. And we all know that Chris Cuomo is worse.com. But did you know that Don Lemon is worserer. That's right. It's available right now at studosmerch.com. Don Lemon is worserer. Collect the entire uh, collection. The series is out now. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. Don Lemon is worserer. You're going to love them. Everyone's going to love you for having them. You're going to be a special, special person. We'll see you tomorrow.